Hi, we're George and Jess, and after doing a morning radio show together for over a decade, we found our new home on the George and Jess podcast. We are a married couple exploring the ins and outs of balancing kids, marriage, and careers. So join us for adventures in the kitchen, at home, traveling, and more. Pull up a chair, grab a cup of coffee. It's time to get real about life, love, and the world around us. The stigma that has been attached to mental health care in years past is rapidly fading. Thank goodness. Yeah. Finally. It is. And a big part of that is due to online services. Yeah, the online mental health space, well, it started, I think, growing really quickly during the pandemic when um, everything went online. And now there is many reputable services that offer online, either video, telephone, or um, texting when it comes to getting seeking mental health services. Yeah, we often talk about things that, uh, uh, you know, that that that, that uh, developed through the pandemic that, that are never going away. And I think it's one of, one of the things we discovered was not only only the ability to work online, but to do a lot of other things online yeah. as well. And, and mental health therapy was a big part of that. Services complete. Just I think you can get prescriptions. I think I think they can do it all. Yeah. Right? And, and some of them take insurance. And I read a statistic online there. Um, 70 percent of people don't have access to traditional in-office therapy. 70 percent. From what I understand, it is a long wait to get in to actually see a licensed therapist. Is that true? Yes, that's true locally, and I think it's probably true because of demand across the country. Obviously, in bigger cities, you probably have better access because there's more available. But I can't speak to that. I can only speak for um, where we are in southern Minnesota. It's difficult, and it's specifically for youth mental health uh, services. There's a very lengthy wait, and oftentimes these are services that waiting is probably not the best thing. By the time you get to where you say, I want to get help or I want to talk to a professional, you've probably been waiting a long time already to and, do that. And not only that, but I don't think that's something you sit around and go, well, in six months, we'll figure it that's out. That's what I mean. Like you've you've obviously been dealing with things internally for a long time to where you finally get to say, I am ready to talk to somebody or I need help. So then to wait six more months on top of that, not ideal. What do you think has helped or the reason behind uh, this, the stigma that has always been like this cloud around it? What, what's help? What's helping lift that? I think there's a, a desire for people to go inside of themselves and really seek out who they are and how they can develop tools to become a more authentic version of themselves. And I think this may sound silly, but I think celebrities and um, like media professionals talking about their own struggles with mental health issues, I think that's helped too, because it it makes you, helps people realize that they aren't alone in, in dealing with what they're dealing with. Like Carson Daly has been a huge advocate um, and just, talking about his struggles um, with a panic disorder and anxiety and um, like seeing Carson Daly on the Today Show and thinking of his career to this point, you're like, 
wow, even he struggles with mental health issues. Like, it's okay for me to say that I do too. Simone Biles. Yes, yes. I mean, if if you want to talk about being elite, right? It's- she is literally the greatest of all time, the GOAT, when it comes to gymnastics. I yes. Mean, she's it. And, and, and even she addressed it and talked about it. And I think when she um, removed herself from Olympic competition, that started a lot of conversations that made people think of things differently. There was a lot of negative comments. And then I think there was a lot of actual mental health professionals that reframed it for people and helped it make sense. Like people were like, oh, she's letting her team down. And it was like, well, no, like this is very dangerous. And she's really mature and brave to admit that she's in a place mentally where she can't compete. Well, she could have got hurt. Because remember when she got what they called the twisties when she was in the air, she could have landed and broke her neck. There's a million different things. And it's a, I mean, that happens to professional athletes. They're not immune to it. They're just like everybody else. They're human beings. Yeah, absolutely. And the pressure that they're under, um, you know, I can't even imagine that kind of pressure that professional athletes like Simone Biles, like NFL players, like MLB. I mean, all of them are under so much pressure and such scrutiny from the public that, I mean, it would be almost impossible. Yeah, uh, Zach Greinke, one of the greatest uh, pitchers of this generation. He's certainly been, had a stellar career, but uh, when he came up with the, uh, he's a major league baseball pitcher, by the way, came up with the Kansas City Royals. He's back with them now, but in, in the twilight of his career, but, he uh, suffered from uh, a social anxiety disorder mm-hmm. his whole life, and that was something that he learned to deal with as well. But they're not—they're not immune to it, and I think them opening up about it and talking about it has helped a lot. Absolutely, just um, being more vocal, shedding a light on it, giving it more attention, um, and say what you want about social media. But I definitely think there are things that are good about it, and it's kind of creating that network or that community where it gives people a space to talk about it and it helps other people who may be dealing with it um, that aren't ready to talk about it publicly or even privately with a, a counselor or a therapist. It You go, oh, I'm not alone. Like right. that's happening to me too. Or I, I resonate with that or I, I can relate to that. Yeah. It's uh, we live in a different world now. And I think not only athletes and celebrities talking about it has helped, but I think accessibility that has been given people, obviously through the internet, has helped create a more comfortable approach to it, mm-hmm. right? Because, it, man, to pick up a phone, talk to somebody, make an appointment, and then go set in a waiting room and then have to go through, if you already suffer from stress and anxiety, and then you have to go through that, right? It just made it, I think, a more difficult first step. So now when people feel like they can do this in greater confidence, right, that they can just uh, approach somebody online. Mm -hmm. And then from what I understand, and again, full disclosure here, I've never been to therapy in my life ever. Now, but I have read that some of these people like the idea that they can text, that that's Listen, this is how a lot of young people communicate now. So when I hear the older generation say that's, you know, they need to just go see somebody or pick up. No, that's they, you, they live in a different world. 
they're communicating and they're expressing their feelings. They just do it in a different way. So they feel very comfortable texting, emailing, you know, sometimes it's a video conference call. It's things like that. That's the generation they live in. Or even some older people now feel more comfortable doing that. So there creates that approach. There's, There's a lot of power in meeting people where they are. And if that comfortability is with email or with texting, then I think that that's huge. If that's an outlet for them to even start, I think that's huge. And with the the delay on in-person services that is being experienced across the country, like you take that first step, you finally set up the, the you you pick up the phone or you you know do it online, and then you find out there's a four month wait. You can lose a lot of that courage in four months to actually go to the appointment, or, or you know what I mean, or and, or do something harmful, or and and not to mention. All of the emotions oh and yes. all of the things that will happen in that time. But I think when you get to the point where you say, like, I need to talk to someone or I'm ready to talk to someone. And then you have to wait four months or five months or six months. That's it's, it. Doesn't that just seem bizarre to you? Like, oh, God, I'm having a mental breakdown. Well, just hang well, on for are, a few months. And there are like emergency lines and emergent like depending on the the. Like yellow ribbon and things like that. If yes. you're really in dire straits, yes, yes, I'm I'm talking more um, kind of blanket of just mental health, not so much mental illness because that's different and and has different levels of severity. But when you're ready to talk to a counselor or a therapist, and like you make that call, and then you have to wait five months. That just, that just seems nuts no, to me. No, it's not good. It's no different than a physical ailment. If you're having an, an appendicitis, you can't pick up the phone, call the doctor, and have them say, we'll see you in six months. No. Right? You need you need help now. Yeah. And I, I think that your mental health is the same way. If and you need help at the moment, you need it now. And I don't know. I mean, I, again, I can't speak as to how to get that done, but I, I can imagine if somebody was in that situation when if you were to tell them that they have to wait a few months, well, I, that there, could be that could be. There are emergency services for that sort of call. You know what I mean, right? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But it, but even if you're suffering from anxiety, right, and you're just like in, in your everyday life, you don't want to sit for for weeks or months on end. And here's something like your general doctor, your family doctor, your OBGYN, whatever kind of a doctor you see for a physical annually. If you do, you should. If you don't, um, they can they can prescribe anxiety meds. Right. <clears throat> My OBGYN prescribed mine. I was like, this is kind of what I'm feeling. Like, this is how I'm coping with it right now. And she was like, oh, yeah, let's, let, let's get you on some anxiety meds. What what did... I've never asked you this. I, I've <laughs> asked, do they work? And Because you kind of hem and haw about it. I'm not on them, right? I'm currently not taking them. Did, what did you find out was the effect? From your experience, what was the effect? Of the, the medication. The medication. Um, <laughs> so I've been, I haven't taken them for like six months. Right. Um, and I also don't know. <laughs> this is terrible. I was drinking a lot while I took them. Yeah which pretty much counteracts anything that they're supposed to be doing. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm not so, learned in this well, it does. <laughs> discussion. Right, I <laughs> You're know. You're yeah. supposed to do right. that. Right, Like the bottle says, like, do not mix with alcohol. Yeah. And I was regularly. So um, I don't know. I don't know. So you, they, don't, you don't even know if they work or not? Well, I don't think so because I, like... You you think was that, counteracting? You think you any, think you think the couple of glasses of wine at night might have been might have been counteracting? Yes. Yeah. Sure. I know. I understand that. But I'm just saying your your doctor can prescribe anti anxiety anti anxiety meds. But what therapy will do is like help you develop a set of tools for dealing with what's causing the anxiety, not right. just medicate it. I think. Right. Not that there, right. there's nothing wrong no. with anti-anxiety meds, and they're they're a really important tool for a lot of people. Right. But the the therapy will give you more tools to to deal with what's causing the anxiety. Right. And everybody is different and deals with things in a different way. Right. So if I I, w- I would say this: if you find something that works for you, go with it. For a lot of people, and it I mean the, you you hear you're going to hear this more and more and more. A lot of people find uh, health and fitness. Mm-hmm. I mean, working out oh, yeah. literally that 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 is their drug of choice, and it's a good one. It really is. It helps relieve stress and anxiety. Gets you Endorphins, focused. Mood. I'm not kidding. Yeah, I can tell you this. Since well, when when I retired from radio a couple of few months back here, I always said when I decide to really work on myself, my body, and get things back together. <laughs> physically get, get anyways no i was gonna go see john up at, yes. at jp and have him put together a program for me and that's what i've done and the change in just a few months of doing that of course working with a personal trainer a couple of days a week and then also on my own and uh, adapting a little bit healthier lifestyle as far as my my uh meal planning and stuff it literally has changed a lot. You look like a different person. Well, it does. Like it, in side by side photos. I know. I think we both do, though, right? From a year ago. Yeah. It's like shocking almost. So I that is really, really gaining steam. It's the health of it's it's working on yourself, which plays into the conversation that we've been having about online therapy. And I can tell you from uh, a man's perspective that. There was a greater stigma with this stuff with men than there was with women. Because men, a lot I, of times, I hate to say this, but I'll, again, being candid, I think a lot of men in the past have viewed this as a sign of weakness, right? Like, you're not strong enough. Just suck it up. You can handle it. Well, there was a long time, and I know that this is certainly something that isn't over, or it's it still exists, but... Um, where boys and young men were taught not to talk about their feelings. Right? I, grew up, I grew up like that. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. Like you, you didn't talk about your feelings. You sucked it up. You got over it. And that's not exclusive to young men, but I think it was probably more so for oh, young men. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I think that now the online thing, again, I, you, you'll hear me reference this a lot, but there was a, there was some good. If you start, if you look hard enough, there was some good that came from the pandemic and a lot of this stuff, especially the online world. Now, I know there's a lot of people that don't want to move to the metaverse <laughs> and all these other things, but this is where we're headed. It's inevitable. Accept it, deal with it, or get left behind. That's the world we live in, right? But I think for men specifically to be able to 
go online, send a quick chat message or an email, a text, or a quick phone call and not actually have to go someplace and maybe keep that more in confidence, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, confidential information, they just, I think that they feel more comfortable with that and uh, they're, they're more likely to give it a shot. Especially in smaller, more rural areas or smaller cities, I could see people leaning towards the online because right. there is that level of anonymity that you don't get. Not even a question. If you see someone in person, and that may be a personal hangup that I have, but I do feel... No, I don't think that you're alone. Kind of weird. And I have gone to therapy. It's been a long time. Um, but it, it, there is a weirdness of like seeing your therapist at the grocery store. And or, like, or, oh, or, hey. And Ooh. it be and it yeah, I just think that it, it gets this feeling like it's too small and too yeah. tight knit of a community yeah. and you want to get out a little bit further and maybe talk to somebody who just doesn't know all the same people as you. Yeah, I and right? I do feel that. And you know, you could go to a different city, but that there's a lot of barriers surrounding that too. Right. So I, I think the online option is really good if you have those kind of internal hangups if that's something that's preventing you from seeking therapy then the the online option is great well and and there's obviously a market for it because they are spending a ton of money on advertising one that comes to mind and i'm sure that a lot of people are inundated with this like on social media you see it on television uh cerebral is an example Right. And what are some of the other ones? There's a bunch of them now. Uh, yeah. Better help. Talk space. Well night. Talk space, I think, is one of the number one ones, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Better help. Well, I'm just reading yeah. um, from an article on Very Well Mind. Um, best overall is better help. Runner up. Best overall is talk space. Best for couples. Regain. And one thing that's um, really cool about the online therapy services is you can get really specific. Like if you're looking for... Um, like In, insomnia, like LGBT, sure. they're, you yeah. know, looking for that kind of a community and that kind of support. If you're looking for uh, BIPOC, um, there's those there's you can get really specific where maybe in your own town or city you can't. Right. Which is really cool. You know, I would like to talk and like almost have a focus group of young men about 20 years younger than me. I would like to get into their heads and just find out if they have the same thought pattern and if, if, and the same stigma attached to the stuff that my generation did. Do do they think different? Yeah, I know we crush hard on Gen Z. Like we re- listen. We're, I, we're big fans well, of the Gen Z here. On that, well, here, on the George Just podcast. Well, I'm going to say this. Every it, listen, doing what we did for decades. I got to talk to and kind of a lot of different people. And this is the the biggest benefit I got from 30 years in radio. The ability to reach out and put your finger on the pulse of what's going on in mm-hmm. your community and around you. And as the internet came along, I think the nation and the world in general. And to be able to feel that mm-hmm. and then have them communicate with you constantly every morning to have that conversation for three or four hours, I mean, that was a huge benefit to really understanding people and finding out what made them tick. I think Gen Z is a big driver behind a lot of these changes that we're seeing. As they start to 
get older and mature, I think they're a big driver of normalizing mental health. I think they're a big driver of like the sustainability movement. I think they're a big driver of the sober curious movement. There's a lot of things that they're recognizing and saying like, we're going to do it differently. And that's cool. Well, I think every generation deals with that because I, th- I think go- uh, this is why I give them a, I-, I like to give them props. Millennials took it for years, right? They just got beat up for years. It was a good decade where they were oh, the yeah. butt of everybody's jokes, oh, yeah. right? And now Gen Z is on the back end of that taking it because the thing is they're growing up in a world that their parents didn't and, and sometimes still don't understand. Mm-hmm. And that's how it was when I was growing up in the 80s. My dad looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> Why do you want to wear those Jabot jeans? What's this guest product? What's with these funny-looking Nike tennis shoes that you're wearing? He didn't get any of it. The music. You know, the 80s hair bands where there was, he, he couldn't figure out, why do you listen to all of these guys that bang on these guitars and dress up and tease their hair and wear makeup like women? I don't get it. Because he grew, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. He didn't get it. So I had to deal with that same frustration because it was like, oh, man, Gen X. That we dealt with it. Mm-hmm. So every generation, every generation has to does. deal with it. And and they, they take such a beating now because of social media and everything else and the ability for people to pile it on with the internet. I'm like, listen, s- step back, take a look at the world that they're growing up in and, and, and just kind of look how they handle it and, and, and maybe dive into it for a while and see for yourself. And and maybe don't try and force how you grew up on oh, them. Oh God, yeah. Like understand that they're growing up in an and and the you you talk about this and I'm the word is escaping me where like the generational divide is getting smaller and smaller. A generation gap. Generation gap. Yeah. So like for from your dad to you, like things had changed a lot, but not nearly as much as they've changed. It was over a decade at that point, probably 15, maybe 20 years at some point. A generation gap today is less than five years. See, like things are yeah. changing so fast. So it's like maybe don't try and push how you grew up on them. Like look at how they're growing up and try and understand what their world is like. Well, that's and it sounds simple, but you really have to do that. And they don't. Right. I mean, there's a lot of people. And I, one thing that really bothers me is you'll notice this about these, you know, these curmudgeon type individuals. <laughs> they always will pick the worst example, right? The one bad egg. Oh, right. You know, because right. to me, there's always going to be that 10%. Well, that's the internet. Right? Well, there's always going to be that 10%. <laughs> that's what they do. Right. That's what they do. They look for the worst example. Right. And I'm like, I can tell you, I meet them all the time. The great examples of this next generation that are going out and getting after it. And they're growing up in a different world. When I grew up in the 80s and even into the 90s when I was going to college, that was the thing to do, right? Okay, everybody go get a four-year degree. This is what you're going to be dealing with. You got to get out and do this and that. And you, This is how you approach you know, uh, job hunting and all of these other things. And now you, you, you fast forward 20 years, 30 years, mm-hmm. right? We're 30 years removed from that. And it's just a completely different world. So to answer your question, no, I don't think that Gen Z has the same stigma associated with like their feelings. Well, how did it change? 
That's what I want. That's to a really good question. I, I'll, I'll tell you how I think it changed. I think I, I think it's the internet. I think it's the internet because you don't have to actually. Go, if you have anxiety to begin with, I'm just using that as an example. If you have anxiety to begin with. To pick up the phone, call, make an appointment, and then go to an office, mm-hmm. all of that is just going to compound your anxiety. There's something less intimate and less intimidating about approaching somebody online for that initial step. And then there's the the global network that we talk about where these individuals can easily find other people like them. I envy that. I do. I wish, you know? I, I, wish I would have had that when I was a kid. Oh, I know. I yeah. mean, it's huge, and it and and they can see they're not alone, and they can see other people talking about the things that they're feeling. And one thing I I follow a lot of um, personal development accounts on Instagram, and one of the big like hashtags is Instagram is not therapy. Like there are good resources, <laughs> right? There are important communities within Instagram, but it's not therapy. Like if right. it, it, you need a professional, an individualized approach, things like that, but there are really good online communities for just finding people who are feeling the same as you or similar to you. It's uh, that is again, one of the, one of the great things about the internet is being able to connect with people regardless of where you're at, mm-hmm. who are like-minded and have the same interests. So I think right? the internet, you're right, has been a huge factor. It is totally in the, in the normalization of just mental health as a, as a conversation topic. Five, ten years ago, you would never have this conversation. Right. And the people, again, I, I can give you examples. We, uh, so the before we left, before the pandemic, let's go back three years, mm-hmm. we had a couple of, were they, were Kelsey and Michaela millennials? They're young millennials. Young yeah. millennials. So they're about 10 years younger than me, yeah, they're, and they're, I'm considered an elder millennial, yeah. so. They're yeah. late, late 20s. Yep. They now, were, yeah. yeah, they were still when I first met them. They were still part of that butt of the joke, like you guys. You know, they they were everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody was giving giving them a hard time. They're two examples of young women who I thought and I know have a great future in front of them, and they had great ideas. They were talented. They're just looking at a different world, mm-hmm. right? And and when I saw the older generation giving them a hard time, again. When you set back and you look at it all, the broad picture, right? It, you, you can see what's going on. And I'm like, God, I don't ever want to be one of the little, those old crusty guys. Oh, I know. We just give that them a hard just, time. That refuse to change or refuse to like look at things from a different perspective. I'll give you an, an example, a great example of Gen Z having it figured out and contributing and really is my personal trainer. Oh, Brett. But he's 20 He's twenty years old. I don't think he's 21 yet. But he knows what I want to accomplish. It's weird for me to be a guy that could easily be his father, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm 30 years older than Absolutely. him. Absolutely. But he, I, I, when, I, when I'm talking to him I'm initially, going months back, I'm like, I obviously don't want, I'm not here to be what they call swole or huge <laughs> or big and bulky and these huge muscles. I want to be defined and I want to be mobile and I want to do the things that I did when I was younger. He's had me concentrating on flexibility, right? And resistance and just learning a lot of resistance type training, mm-hmm. right? And just getting me flexible again and the ability to move and and be more fluid in my movement, yeah. I would say. 
And he's teaching me how to do this. And I didn't know how to do this myself. And I would have never guessed to do this, the things that he has me doing, but right. But he's passionate about it. And he can look at me as a guy who's 50 and go, I know what you need Uh and I could fix you because you've been sitting in a chair. He says this all the time. You know, if you've been sedentary for that many years, sitting down, doing work at a computer, here's where we're going to start. And I'm, it's, it's amazing to watch myself develop, right? And the other day I I talked about going hiking and uh, up and down stairs and things like that. I'm just like, wow, it's, it's a completely different world I live in. I was with Noah at the park last Friday, or was it Thursday? I don't know. It was late last what week. What is time? Right. But we were. I was pitching to him uh, so he could practice his um, baseball, and then he wanted to practice catching some outfield, you know, deep, deep, long balls. So I got back, and from the infield, I was launching balls. I kid you not, I was throwing balls, I bet, 200 feet, and I would have my arm would have felt like it was going to fall off yep. if I would have tried that a year ago. And I, and I, the first time I just unloaded, I wasn't thinking about it. I'm like, Oh God, what did I just do? And then <laughs> call an ambulance. And then I realized that didn't even hurt. That's awesome. Right. And I was like, that's just one example, but it's a 20 year old guy that's teaching me and bringing me along. And I think that says a lot about him again, meeting you where you are. He's not like, okay, let's get the bar. Right, out. Like, you right. know, and there are, I'm sure, clients that he works with that that's that is what approach he's taking. But for him to be able to adapt to your needs and your goals says a lot about his ability as a trainer. And I can speak to his, and I mentioned this to John, the owner of the gym. By the way, I said, you know what? I, it was what really is impressive impressive about him is his emotional maturity. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And again, Gen Z, 20 years old. By the way, if you want to spend time with a trainer like that and and start working on yourself. You can do that at JP Fitness as well. I believe we have a link on our website. We do, georgeandjess.com. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's one of the best decisions you'll make in your life. But that's all an example of, uh, I think, an approach to things and and the ability to access mental health and physical Mm -hmm. with doing it all online, making the first step, taking that first step anyway, Mm -hmm. right? It's just things like that. So, yeah, I don't know how we got off on the Gen Z rant again, but it drives me nuts when I hear people give (laughs) the younger generation a hard time. You know what? I also, just again, real quick, and I mentioned this to you this past weekend. And, uh, you know, when we did mornings on doing country radio for 11 years together, I'll say this about radio. First of all, you don't, if people who do it, you don't get hung up on a format. Right. Which is like the type of music. Yeah, the type of music or whatever. You're given a demographic and you're you're given a responsibility and and then you just go with it, right? You have if you're good at it anyways, that's what they'll tell you to do. But I'm not I don't hate country music. I'm a big I'm a big fan of a lot of the artists in country. I think there's some incredible musicians. But one of the things I was listening to, God, I don't know if this is a whole different topic, but I told this I mentioned this to you this past weekend. I went out to do some yard work and I listened to the latest, it's actually three years old now, two or three years old, the latest Jonas Brothers album. Now, when I was young, they were young, really young and popular with the girls and all the guys my age, when we were in our 20s, we gave those guys a hard time, right? Like, oh, that's stupid. You gotta listen to that music. Not realizing at the time that they were super talented and 
not giving them credit. Now everybody sees them when they're older. And guys my age now, we can stand up and be like, you know, they're kind of cool. Well, they're super talented. Oh, they're, they're, I mean, I've always said this. The pop generation that they have today, these young people are enjoying some really good music. There's some great musicians out there. These guys are good. So the Jonas Brothers were formed in 2005. They gained popularity from their appearances on the Disney Channel. Well, there you go. So, yeah, they were kids. But now they're 20 years removed from that. But now they're not kids. They're grown men. They have families. Right. And they're super talented. But if you think of them as being on the Disney Channel in 2005 and don't appreciate what they are now, you're going to miss out on that talent. Well, I talked to you about this on Saturday night. We were sitting out on the patio and I said, you know, it's funny to watch all of this evolve because there's these online groups on TikTok and Instagram and some of these other platforms right now, guys my age can stand up and talk about like, God, yeah, they're pretty good. They're awesome. And I enjoy listening to their music. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, there's some solid stuff. That oh, latest, yeah. the latest stuff that they're doing is, I mean, if you, again, approach with an open mind, it's pop music. They're really good. I would love to see they're them in concert. They're So would I. I and mean, they, it's, seem, it's, they seem like genuinely nice guys. They too. are. They're they, all super nice guys. I mean, to me, and it's, and when you see them interviewed now, they're grown men with families. Yeah, exactly. Right? And it's just so now I think is what it is is uh, men in their 40s now, right? And even up to about 50 are like, okay, <laughs> that the feud is over. And the only feud was they were super good looking and super successful and all the girls wanted them. <laughs> That's the problem my generation of men had with them, right? Not looking at their actual skill set and their talent. Right. It's funny. So it's funny to think about that. And I'm like, God, you know, I would I would have never been able to talk about that. And (laughs) now now here I can. I'm like, you know what? They're super talented, (laughs) but there's a ton of it. If you look at this younger generation with a lot of the pop music that's coming now, there is some super talents out there. Oh, absolutely. So, again, stop. Stop with the Gen Z beating growth and change. Progressive thinking. I'm telling you. Get therapy. Going back to our, yeah, our initial topic of conversation, right? So, speaking of, we mentioned earlier the heat's coming this week. Today, well, obviously today we could see like upper 90s. I love it. Right? It's going to be sticky as well. We talked about calling Ryan's yesterday to get your air conditioning check. We have a Just link. another reminder. We have a link on our website, georgeandjess.com. And one thing, I've this is one of the best investments we've made in our home since we moved in, and that is having the fresh, clear, clean drinking water. Big thanks to Garlic's Water and Conditioning. Yeah, we have a Connecticut water system. We have uh, water out of the fridge that's filtered, water out of the tap that's filtered. Um, It's not a one-size-fits-all, so get a water consultation. Yeah, Chris will do it. Yeah, and they'll let you know what system is going to help with your water needs. Uh, And I think that's what's really important is that it isn't a one-size-fits-all. So it's customized to your needs, and uh, you're going to have crystal clear drinking water all year round. Yeah, and it's environmentally friendly. It's fantastic. You'll get rid of those water bottles, which drive me absolutely nuts. Uh, But again, uh, all of the businesses, first of all, we're we're grateful for all of them because we wouldn't be able to do this without them, but I can tell you this for a fact, any business that we talk about and endorse on this show, we use and have come to know over the years, and they're people 
that that we like and we trust and they're friends of ours and you can count on them. So support them. So again, there you go, <laughs> georgeandjess.com. All right, we'll be back tomorrow morning with another episode at 6 a.m.